Welcome back. Today is National Tourism Day, and the season of summer travel is upon us. And I thought we'd bring up an expert to talk about what our rights are when we travel, when we fly, when we rent an Airbnb. Should you buy travel insurance? Should you get that insurance when you rent a car? All of those questions you ponder at night before you leave for the airport with us to tell you about your legal rights. When traveling is one of the most foremost experts uh, in the nation on travel law, Jeffrey Ment. He is admitted to the Connecticut and New York bars. He's had 26 years of experience helping other clients, representing travel companies and hospitality groups. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's a beautiful day to be with you. It is a beautiful day. I, I take it you're out on the East Coast, but I'm telling you today in Chicago, when I heard our when I heard our news guys say it's down to 80 degrees, I was like, what? <laughs> the well, words here, are... in, here in Connecticut, it's a great day to be outside. So my trip to the dog park is next. All right. Sounds good. Okay, let's get down to it. I know there's some changes in the laws that are being being considered, but let's just bullet point a few of these issues because nobody knows the answer. What are your rights when an airline cancels a flight due to something other than weather, mechanical or otherwise? So I wish there was one good answer to that great question, but there's not because airlines mostly regulate themselves on these points. There is some federal oversight. And as you hinted a second ago, there's some potential Um, federal legislative action that might change the landscape. But right now, we're sort of in a hodgepodge situation about what airlines must do versus what airlines do do. And unfortunately, it differs from airline to airline. So if we start and just think about from a federal perspective, if an airline has a flight delayed or canceled, the federal government, the Department of Transportation, doesn't tell the airlines what they have to do. The airlines tell you in the tiny, fine print of their contract of carriage what they do. And I think if you were searching an airline website, you would just do, for instance, um, passenger bill of rights. And you'd be brought to the airline's version of what they've agreed in advance to do for you with a cancellation or a delay. So so probably be a good idea that everyone just kind of take a quick glance at that, because going to the airport, especially in Chicago, we've got O'Hare, which is just a massive chaotic event, you know, to begin with, to just know what your rights are in case, you know, especially in the winter where there's weather problems, you know, and, 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 and all of the issues with employees, etc. I mean, just to know what your rights are. Um, you know, if I guess I guess just want to ask you the question, like, why is it that the airlines get to regulate themselves? I mean, banks are regulated, and I'm not suggesting that, that you know, our government needs to get involved in regulating every aspect of our lives. But you would think that with all of these big ticket items, you're flying to, you know, wherever you're flying somewhere exotic, and, and you have really no rights, there's no federal law, and the airlines get to self-police. Why, why is that? The, the airlines have historically been among the best lobbyists in Washington. Mm. And the Herculean efforts that the airlines have um, made to influence and shape 
the landscape of landscape of federal regulation has been very intense. You see that right now with the um, Senate bill that was introduced by one of our Connecticut senators, uh, Richard Blumenthal, on improving passenger rights. But you see that it's sort of stuck in a committee in the Senate, and it hasn't gotten a lot of traction to get out. But your point that you said earlier about checking before you go is really the key. The key to travel is to be as informed as you can be. And it's not hard anymore because you don't have to go find a piece of paper buried in your pile of travel documents. You just go on Americans' website and you just look for what are your contract terms. I did that a half hour ago. Everything you want to know about your rights if you fly out of uh, O'Hare on American is right there at your fingertips. So that would be just a great, you know, checklist for everyone who's going on a trip, right? You got, make sure you got your passport, make sure you got your, you know, your, your plastic bag with all your little stuff in it and just say like print out the the bill of rights, right? Just have it right sitting right there. Just know what you can ask for and what you should expect. Some of this is about how you ask because unfortunately some of it is left to the discretion of the ticket agent, the gate agent. But every airline's different. So at JetBlue, JetBlue years ago had some terrible press and publicity relating to ground delays at JFK. They had a day when they had people on planes for hours. And while there is some federal oversight of tarmac delays, the federal oversight just requires that you be able to use the bathroom that you not be kept on a plane for more than three hours on the ground, unless, however, if it's unsafe to unload you, the airline can keep you on as long as it has to keep you on. But because JetBlue's bad day at JFK happened, and just like Southwest's bad day a few months ago, things change as a result of bad days. JetBlue is one of the biggest proponents of paying people when things go wrong on their planes. That includes delays. It includes cancellations. It includes takeoff delays. Once you're on, it includes landing delays. And if you look at JetBlue's scheme of how they do it, it's by time. So you might get a $100 uh, travel credit if there's a delay of departure once you're on board, you might get a $250 credit if that delay is six hours or more. American's website doesn't talk about any of that because American doesn't call it out or pay you in the same way that JetBlue is going to pay you. So here's just a non-legal question. And I've watched, I've actually represented people who have been arrested by by the air, air, airport uh personnel because they're screaming and yelling and demanding and 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 carrying on about delayed flights. I mean, you've seen them all, the, the irate passengers, right? So you got to be really careful because, you know, that could be a violation of federal law and then they take it pretty seriously as as I'm sure you know, Jeff. So <laughs> 2021 and 2022 saw the highest number of complaints 
by airlines about unruly passengers. We never used to, in our expressions, ever spoke about a no-fly list. But airlines have no-fly lists now for passengers that they've decided, based on the actions of the passenger, won't be allowed to fly in the airline anymore. And it's completely legal. Airlines are private businesses. They do not have to take you if they do not want to take you. So, yeah, the unruly passenger, and these are federal offenses. Assaulting a flight crew member is a federal offense. Interfering with the flight operations of an aircraft is a federal offense. You won't fly again. You might go to jail, and you'll certainly have a hefty fine, and you'll be hiring a lawyer to represent you in federal court. Yep, it's a, it's a big problem. Um, let's take a break, and I want to bullet point a few other issues, the lost luggage issue. I want to talk about the travel agent who got sued for recommending uh, or booking a trip to Mexico where a person actually, unfortunately, was killed. Is there a liability for a travel agent to tell somebody, hey, this is a dangerous location? When we come back, we'll be talking to Jeffrey Mint, who is an expert at travel law. You're listening to WGN. We're back with Jeffrey Ment. He's an expert in travel law, and we're talking about your rights as a traveler. Um, Jeff, let's talk about lost luggage. Just quickly, Is does it vary from airline to airline? What, and what are your general rights uh, when it comes to lost or uh, luggage that just disappears? So lost luggage, which means something that hasn't shown up after a few days. It doesn't just mean after a few hours. But truly, if your luggage is lost, the airline domestically, the most that the airline is obligated to pay you is $3,800. And if you bought an expensive Louis Vuitton suitcase 10 years ago, they don't have to pay you for what you paid 10 years ago for your expensive bag, they have to pay you the actual cash value once it's depreciated over these 10 years. So it's $3,800 maximum. If, however, you're flying internationally, surprisingly, the limit is only $1,700 that the airline will owe you if they lose your luggage. And certain things are excluded, like, expensive cameras and jewelry set etc is that true yeah expensive things are often excluded unless you declare them in advance first of all expensive things that break inside your suitcase when there's no evidence of damage to the exterior of your suitcase they don't have to pay for that either what i recommend is Before you hand that bag over to the airline, grab your phone, take a quick picture of your bag. It'll help you describe it if you've lost it, and it'll help you document the condition of your bag if it comes back different than when you gave it to them. 
great advice. Um, travel insurance. I know this is a big question. I'm, I'm actually planning a trip to Africa, South Africa, and you know I'm looking at policies. And you know most people when they buy insurance, they don't read the policy, and and frankly they're they're difficult to read. Even as lawyers, Jeff, you know they're they're not the easiest thing to read. Actually, you fall asleep before you understand what what they're, they're what they're confusing. covering. They're confusing, and there's more exceptions and more exclusions than than covered uh, covered things. But generally speaking, is travel insurance good and for what kind of trips? Travel insurance, especially in the post-pandemic world, is very important for the right trip. It doesn't mean you need it for every trip. You have to weigh the cost of the trip against the cost of the insurance. And for those of us on the, on the radio today listening that simply go on the airline website in that last box is, do you want the insurance or don't you want the insurance? You don't have to buy it from them. Like you don't have to, you can say no to that box and then go buy your insurance elsewhere through another travel insurance company. It's really important to get it, but it's really important to know what you're getting. And um, I've got clients that um, will shop online and look for the best kind of insurance. And many people like a website called Square Mouth, which is a funny word. But if you look on Square Mouth, you'll see that it sorts and analyzes all these different insurance policies that will work for the trip you're going on. Ah, and then you can really find and fine tune the insurance that you want to buy. You don't want too much. You don't want too little. You really want to find that sweet spot for the right policy. And, you know, again, there's different types of, uh, you know, the, you know if, you, if the flight gets canceled or something gets canceled or you get sick, it's, you know, refunding you for the expenditures. But it's also things like, what happens if you get in an accident and you need to be airlifted somewhere? And does that cover your family who is also on the trip and, and those types of things? And that's that can get very complicated. But I like the idea of being able to compare. And I love the idea that somebody already did that. And there's a website. So it's called Square Mouth. Yeah, it's right out there. And you're right. The, the most common elements are thickness, trip interruption, lost luggage, but then there's another category called cancel for any reason, which the industry goes by the acronym CFAR, cancel for any reason. That becomes very expensive, but for your trip to Africa, that's what you want to get. It'll reimburse you under most policies up to 75% of what you've paid if you cancel for any reason. Interesting. So Interesting. That's what you should consider in the travel insurance um, assessment in your mind. I read about this family of a Texas man who he died in Cancun and he sued his travel agent for apparently failing to advise him that Mexico is dangerous. Uh, who knew? Well, now, we, now we know. So is, it's, it's, an in, it, it's an interesting case. Yeah. Um, it's a case where, uh, unfortunately, uh, a fellow from Texas went to, to Mexico with his wife for their anniversary and uh, under very suspicious circumstances for a crime never solved, he, uh, he died. And the lawsuit says that the travel agent didn't tell them about the potential for crime 
in Cancun. Travel agents are just people, too. They have the same obligations that we all have. Be informed. So travel agents undoubtedly have a heightened duty to tell you if they know something that you probably don't know. But crime in Mexico is is not a secret amongst the travel agent community. It's probably pretty widely available information. Every travel agent is going to have some kind of uh, terms and conditions or contract with you that's going to try to shield the agency from liability for things just like this. Because as you can probably play it out in your mind, the travel agent had nothing to do with the crime in Mexico. These folks came to the travel agent and said that they wanted to go to Mexico So I think in the context of uh, a traveler saying, I want to go to Mexico, having the agent do the booking shouldn't place any added um, legal burden on the agent. So I think that one probably at the end goes in the agent's favor. Yeah, it just seems to me that there's so much that when it comes to travel, like what shots do you get if you go to South Africa? You know, what, you know, what, all of those things are, are things that you can go to the doctor's office and you can go online and you can go on um, all of the websites that are available to get that information and to take that and, and make it something that a travel agent is responsible for. It does seem like it's a, a little bit burdensome in that regard. Um, let's Let's talk a little bit about laws and other countries. And this is something that really kind of heightened uh, my interest during the World Cup, where in Qatar, there, you know, there's all kinds of restrictive laws about you can't, you know, sleep together without being married and wearing certain clothing, uh, and even yelling and screaming, showing your midriff, you know, those types of things could conceivably be uh, illegal and people could be arrested and punished really harshly for it. How can you tell our listeners how important it is to know the particular laws of the places that you are visiting? So the first important thing to know is whether or not you're going to be allowed entry into a foreign country. You may not be allowed entry into a foreign country if you have certain convictions in your record. It can be, by the way, as simple as a drunk driving conviction. A drunk driving conviction can stop you from getting into Canada. So you definitely need to know if you can, first of all, get into the country. This has actually become a very interesting debate among, I guess, travel people um, with the legalization of marijuana in some states. So if you think about that, if you're in a state where marijuana use is legal and you're flying to another state where it's legal also it's currently not legal to have it on the plane so there are exceptions for medical marijuana but currently it's a very touchy strange situation where you could as you go through tsa through security you could find out that the carrying of your legal amount of marijuana is not legal to bring on the plane TSA says that they're not really looking for those people and they're not looking to target them. But certainly some people have wound up on the wrong side of the TSA line. Um, Your point, though, about 
And Jeff, you know what? We got we've got like ten seconds, and I'm so sorry okay. to cut you off. But so really, the thing is, check the laws where you're going, particularly with respect to drugs and medication, and make sure you follow them because they are harsh and severe laws abroad. Jeffrey Men, thank you so much for giving us advice, and we'll have you on again uh, when we talk more about travel and the law.